Here's the 30-second lesson on what legends know. Never practice nunchucks in a crowded room. Never eat chole before a road trip. Always take your shirt off before you iron it. Don't take a call near a swimming pool. And don't forget, saving is not investing. Legends don't just save, they invest in mutual funds. Mutual fund investments are subject to market risks. Read all scheme-related documents carefully. This week's national interest is about, in fact, we are taking, taking Prime Minister Modi at his word because he keeps saying he's going to have a hat-trick. He's pretty much announced, he's so confident that he's winning the third time. He's already started working in that direction as if his term is continuing on seamlessly. So we talk about that today and also, also give our wish list to him. Before I go there, however, I will give a little bit of my wish list to you and my wish list doesn't have a lot. It is the, it is the old request to please take a paid subscription if you haven't done so already. And if you have done so, please renew it. You will see cues on your screen on how to do it. You will also see a link with the description of this video. Please go there. Please do contribute. We, we invest a lot in good journalism. We have a fantastic team which is all there because many of you contribute. Many of you do but many of you still do not. So please I know it's not much money, it's just a little bit of effort. So as you can see on your screen, it, it isn't that much effort. It won't take you more than a few tens of seconds. So please go ahead and do it. That will strengthen us and that will strengthen good journalism. That said, I come to my national interest argument for the week. Tell me something, what is the question you are asked most often these days or that you ask most often these days, isn't it? So who's winning the general election this year and by how much? For now, let's take PM Narendra Modi at his word and then offer him a 10-point list of what he could do or in our view should do in his third term. We take him at his word because he says he's winning. Because not only does he think and repeatedly assert that 2024 is a done deal, hat-trick and all, he's also acting as if the coming election is a mere campaigning interregnum, campaigning break between his second and third terms, which is third term he takes for granted. This week's cabinet meeting, for example, was unusually long. He announced an important policy change in opening up the space sector to 100% FDI. He also asked his ministers to start preparing the agenda for the first 100 days of his next term. It is a good time, therefore, for us to list what we wish for in his third term. The first three of these emanate from some ongoing political issues or crisis right now. Number one, a final view on OBC reservations must be taken. One option is that he should draw the line and say the status quo is final and the 50% limit won't be breached. For this, however, for this to sustain, even his party and allies have to stop tossing about issues such as Maratha reservation or Jats or, or moves that could further mess up Karnataka's already ridiculous algebraic formula. But if he chooses to go the other way, on the contrary, then he could hold he could hold a nationwide caste census, determine who the OBCs are and close the issue. If this means taking reservations beyond 50%, so be it. Let this be a political decision and closure one way or the other. Just that this issue keeps holding up our politics to ransom, 
the current open situation breeds uncertainty, conflicts, rail and highway blockades, rioting and arson. This should stop. There should be finality. Number two, he tried serious agricultural reform in his second term but failed. In the third, he should invest real political capital and time in building environment for real reform that India needs most of all. Aligning the farm and farmers with the market is far more challenging than P.V. Narsimharao's junking of the old industrial policy, the license quota raj as we call it. Because farming has political power, involves too many people. Remember at the same time that Rao brought about his reforms with a minority government. You have no such problem. A third Modi government should have no such excuses or limitations. Particularly if it's a majority government as Prime Minister Modi himself expects it to be if he's right. Now, in fact, when that government comes in, it should give him the space and the power and the political capital to have the courage, to collect the courage to end the MSP regime as it exists today. Remember, that's those are important words. With committed and unlimited procurement, because today's MSP is not just as MSP. It is procurement at an MSP, total procurement at an MSP. That means no matter how much paddy I produce, no matter how much wheat I produce, government will buy all of it at a predetermined price, which means there is no, there is no market nudge to the farmer on what the farmer should produce. The farmer is only producing for the government to procure. That is the distinction I want to make. It's a nuanced point. That's why we have to be careful. It was a reform. This MSP with procurement, MSP plus procurement, assured procurement was a reform 60 years ago. But today it is market destructive, distortionary and it's an anti-farmer law. And I will explain to you how. If the government needs grain for its food security, buffer or reserves, government does need some because there are buffer stock norms provided for in the Indian system. It should buy it in the open market and compete with private trade. Farmers deserve support when prices decline below a pre-announced minimum. So there can be a minimum support price, which means a pre-announced minimum price. If the price falls below that, then the government can set up a price stabilization fund with a sizable allocation. So make it, make it a sizable fund. Be generous. Make it a sizable fund. So when the price falls, the market price falls below what you've set as the MSP, Compensate the farmer accordingly. You don't go and buy grain or agricultural products. You don't need because government can't be, can't be storing all of this and then trying to find buyers for it because government is not in grain trade. Government should get the hell out of grain trade. In fact, that is an idea whose time came a long time back, but, but no government has been willing to do so. Government should encourage the farmer, incentivize the farmer, Take the farmer to the market, regulate the markets tightly, bring in, attract more private buyers, private storage. But government should not do trading because remember the line we use all the time, Jis desh ka raja vyapari, uski janta bhikhari. In this case, this Jis desh ka raja vyapari, uska kisan bhikhari. So if, if the government controls all of the grain trade in a country as it does in India right now, it it finally means that the farmer gets too little for, for their effort. That has to change. That can only change when the farmer is taken close to the market or, or the farmer follows signals, nudges or impulses for the market. It's simple, a simple explanation. Dairy, that is milk, 
पनीर घी दही लस्सी डेरी पोल्ट्री चिकन एग्स एट्सेट्रा दीज टू नाउ अकाउंट फॉर मच मोर मच मोर इनफैक्ट ईच वन अकाउंट फॉर ए लॉट मोर देन ऑल ऑफ इंडियाज ग्रेन फूड ग्रेन प्रोडक्शन कॉन्ट्रीब्यूट टू द नेशनल एग्रीकल्चरल आउटपुट इनफैक्ट टूगेदर पोल्ट्री एंड डेयरी वुड बी अबाउट ट्वाइस एज मच एज आर ग्रेन आउटपुट द वैल्यू ऑफ आर ग्रेन आउटपुट फॉर बोथ ऑफ दोज देर इज नो मिनिमम सपोर्ट प्राइस सो इफ दैट कैन वर्क इन द मार्केट एनवायरमेंट बाई कान दे अदर ऑफकोर्स बोथ हैव बिन गिवन प्रोटेक्शन फ्रॉम इम्पोर्ट्स एंड स्टफ लाइक दैट बट for food grain because because there are buffer stocks provided for government can buy some but otherwise set up a price stabilization fund that will however need prime minister modi in his third term to go and persuade the farmers but if he can't do it with the third majority then i think it will be a big let down so that's the argument further trade should be freed so the challenges of seasonal boom and bust cycles can be met through exports and imports when onion prices go up government bans exports right tomato prices go up government bans exports that is when the farmer deserves to make money government wants to subsidize the consumer government can give consumer the subsidy why are why are we forcing why is our public opinion because the consumer has control over the tv channels they make noise and government's panic so why are we now forcing the farmer to subsidize the consumer that has to stop when price goes up let the farmer benefit when the price goes down government is there with the price stabilization fund particularly if the price goes down too much so that is the reform indian agriculture waits for therefore direct cash incentives can be employed to nudge the farmer nudge the farmer remember this government talks about nudge economics direct cash incentives can be employed to nudge the farmer diversify away from over producing water guzzling paddy and sugarcane and move to oil seeds and pulses for both of which india is import dependent point number 3 follows from point number 2 which is only a small percentage of indian farmers produce surpluses in procurable volumes or land owning farmers and farmers also working on their lands they get they get pm kisan now which is very small then trillions of rupees in fertilizer power and water subsidies all of these must go and be replaced by one sizable farming support in cash even if the cost is greater pricing pricing for all inputs should become market determined that will dismantle so many agencies lot of corruption bring efficiencies and most importantly save the environment because today with free water and free power water tables are really going down there is a lot of ongoing destruction with our environment also with the misuse of cheap fertilizer chemical fertilizer all of the other support schemes for the poor should go to and be replaced by one universal basic income these include manrega don't jump don't scream at me hear me out should free grain under nfsa should go as should cooking gas subsidy a third term majority government can and should do it remember the spirit of minimum government maximum governance so take all these yojanas out round up all the money maybe add more money and give it as universal basic income to those deserving it's a lot of people don't give it to those who are not deserving and you know who are deserving they are the ones who are getting free grain free this free that free this free that right now 
roll it all to, up, up together. I know politicians don't like it. They won't like it. Politicians want to launch schemes before every election, ideally in their own names. But if this, if this signal comes from the center and a third term Modi, Modi 3.0 should be able to afford to do, do something like this, this will be a reform that generations of Indians will be grateful for. Point five, and you might scream again if I say abolish UPSC, Union Public Service Commission, as it exists today. Because it has become a mechanical compete by rote, rata, government re recruitment system at the very top. So they are recruiting for the top jobs, but this is all by competition is by, by rote. The system is fair, by the way. Only the best ones get selected. But the problem is that, that the system is, has already been gamed by dozens of multiple hundred crore. In fact, some even are reaching unicorn's strength. Those coaching academies. So that business has completely gamed this system. It's impossible, nearly impossible for somebody who doesn't go to these academies to get selected, to crack this competition now. And that makes it that much unfair and that also leaves out that much more talent which if they had had more means would have had a better chance. That inequity needs to, needs to go. Also, the net should be cast wider. More people should have a fair chance. Families from the middle, lower middle and what Prime Minister Modi calls the neo-middle classes beg, steal and borrow to send their kids to sweaty, slummy dormitories in the big cities slogging in the face of near impossible odds. Lacks of families. Lacks of families are ruined or driven into debt as only a couple of thousand. If that many, only a couple of thousand at best make it. Fundamentally, it's a giant transfer of big borrowed wealth from the lower middle India to the now increasingly private equity adult coaching business. Some of this Xi Jinping has already addressed in China, in his case particularly the tuition business. This reform isn't just about family economics though. It is about a deeply calcified system of preparing by rote and killing all innovation. A new recruitment system must be found and ultimately, ultimately a similar philosophy should reform other competitions as well, other competitions by rote as well, including JEE and NEET, etc. If, if Modi could abolish the planning commission and, and the railway budget in his first term, both good reforms by the way, and have Agni Veeds replace the existing system of, of military recruitment for more than a hundred years in his second term, we can set the bar higher in the third. So address UPSC and higher level government recruitment. Point six, now we come to some political reforms. End the anti-defection anti law. After all the corruption and shenanigans that we have seen and we keep seeing routinely, it is evident that the law is irrelevant, outdated and promotes horse trading rather than curbing it. It should be, it should be up to the parties to keep their cohesion. Some people want to leave, they leave. At the same time, the VIP system must go and be restricted only to finance bills and confidence motions. In fact, I made this point in an earlier national interest of which I'm sharing a copy with you with the description. Which brings us to point seven. Electoral reforms must follow and some of these will undo what we have seen as reforms in fact in the past. The ceiling on election expenses by candidates while, while their parties can can spend unlimited amount of money is nonsensical. 
as is the model code of conduct since nobody cares for it anyway the prime minister during the election campaign in jharkhand for example jharkhand state elections announced a nationwide free food grain scheme extension was that a violation of model code of conduct nobody even cared to ask the other the other totally wasted idea is to stop campaigning 48 hours before polling makes no sense everybody violates it you campaign door to door and in any case digital and social media make it utterly outdated trying to enforce it is a case of too much government zero governance point 8 in his two terms so far modi has gone back on three reforms land acquisition agricultural reform bills and labor labor codes he erred gravely in pushing all of these three without without any real debate and and that that, that raised suspicions and this last two through the ordinance route the first is partly resolved by the government offering a lot more for land acquisition and making the sale of land thereby lucrative for the land owner mostly the farmer and by exempting also defense etc the other two must return to the agenda otherwise it will be a waste wasted opportunity in the third term point 9 theaterization in the armed forces is an epochal military reform and decades delayed already it's a pity that the two modi terms have failed to accomplish this the result is the kind of bandaid slash patchwork change that we just saw with the creation of a new core new army core it's an arbitrary new army core facing the chinese in the middle sector a third term or 15 years in power with majorities leaves no excuses not to do this so this must be achieved in the third term if there's a third term the 10th and the last item on our our agenda our list is the most challenging for six and a half decades now since mid 50s india's external security environment has struggled with a two front challenge china uses pakistan as a cheap instrument to triangulate us and india is trapped india has achieved modi has achieved much in india's foreign relations and strategic repositioning that achievement is undeniable can he now rid india of the two front curse it will involve settling india's disputes with at least one of our two nuclear neighbors it will be tough and fraught with political risks but if modi wants to leave a real legacy breaking india's strategic triangulation would be would be the real gift the temples of course he can keep building or rebuilding opasam